Hello, everyone. My name is Al Smith, and I want to thank you for joining me today to listen to another Christmas inspiration by Bishop Sheen. We've been sharing with you the classic 1966 book entitled Christmas Inspirations, and I'll bring this uh, beautiful publication up on the screen once again. And uh, each day we've been just spending a few minutes uh, going through these beautiful meditations. And uh, of course, there's some beautiful artwork in this booklet also. And so, uh, again, just great treasure. Uh, today's reflection is entitled The Paradise of Creation. So please enjoy. Almighty God never launches a great work without exceeding preparation. The two greatest works of God are the creation of the first man, Adam, and the incarnation of the Son of God, the new Adam, Jesus Christ. But neither creation nor recreation happened without the making of a long vestibule for the mansion of each. God did not make man on the very first day, but deferred it until he had labored for six days in ornamenting the universe. First, by the fiat of his will, omnipotence moved and said to nothingness, Be. And lo and behold, spheres fell into their orbits, passing one another in beautiful harmony without ever a hitch or a halt. Then came the living things, the herbs bearing fruit as unconscious tribute to fecundity and generation. The trees with their leafy arms outstretched all day in prayer, and the flowers opening the chalice of their perfumes to their creator. With labor that was never exhausted, God then caused to evolve the sensitive creatures to roam about, either in the watery palaces or on wings to fly through trackless space, or else as on wing to roam the fields in search of what was needed for their body and blood. But all of this beauty, which has inspired the song of poets and the tracing of artists, was not in the divine mind sufficiently beautiful for the creature whom God would make the Lord and master of the universe. He could do one thing more. He would set apart as a choice garden a small portion of his creation and beautify it with four rivers flowing through lands rich with gold onyx. When finally that Eden was made beautiful, as only God knows how to make things beautiful, he then breathed into the masterpiece of his creation, man. And in that paradise of pleasure, was celebrated the first nuptial of humanity, the union of the flesh and flesh of the first man and woman, Adam and Eve. The Paradise of the Incarnation. Now, if God so, so prepared a paradise for his first great work, which was man, it was even more fitting that before sending his son to redeem the world, he should prepare for him a paradise of the incarnation. 
for over thousands of years he prepared it by symbols and prophecies. In the language of types, he prepared human minds for some understanding of what this new paradise would be. The burning bush of Moses inundated with the glory of God while conserving in the midst of its flames the freshness of its verdure and the perfume of its flowers was a symbol of a new paradise, conserving in the honor of its maternity the very perfume of virginity. The rod of Aaron flourishing in the solitude of the temple, while isolated from the world by silence and retreat, was a symbol of that paradise which in a place of retirement and isolation from the world would engender the very flower of the human race, the Ark of the Alliance, where the tables of the law were conserved, was a symbol of the new paradise in which the law in the person of Christ would take up his very residence. But prophets and symbols were a too distant preparation. God would labor still more on his paradise. He would make a paradise not overrun with weeds and thistles, but blooming with every flower of virtue, a paradise at the portals of which sin had never knocked, nor against the gates of which infidelity would never dare to storm, a paradise from which would flow not four rivers through lands rich with gold and onyx, but four oceans of grace to the four corners of the world, a paradise destined to bring forth the tree of life, and therefore full of life and grace itself, a paradise in which was to be tabernacled purity itself, and therefore one immaculately pure, a paradise so beautiful and sublime that the Heavenly Father would not have to blush in sending his Son into it. That paradise of the Incarnation, to be gardened by the Adam new, that flesh-girt paradise in which there were to be celebrated the nuptials, not of man and woman, but of humanity and divinity, is our beloved Mary, mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our thoughts before the Christmas paradise. As we gather about the crib of Bethlehem, we feel that we are in the presence of a new paradise, of beauty and love and innocence. And the name of that paradise is Mary. God labored for six days and produced Eden for the first Adam. Now he labored anew and produced the new Eden, Mary, for the new Adam, Christ. And if we could have been there in that stable on that first Christmas night, we might have seen that the paradise of the incarnation, but we should not be able to recollect whether her face was beautiful or not, nor should we be able to recall any of her features. For what would have impressed us and made us forget all else 
would have been the lowly, sinless soul that shone through her eyes like two celestial suns, that spoke in her mouth which only breathed in prayer, the soul that was heard in her voice, which was like the hushed song of the angels. If we could have stood before that paradise, we would have less peered at it, as into it, for what would have impressed us would not have been any external quality, though such would have been ravishing, but rather the qualities of her soul, her simplicity, innocence, humility, and above all her purity. So completely would all these qualities have possessed our soul, like so much divine music, that our first thought would have been, oh, so beautiful, and our second thought would have been, oh, what hateful creatures we are. I pray you've enjoyed this reflection from uh, Bishop Sheen's Christmas Inspirations, and I'd ask you to bring a friend next time, and so thank you for sharing these meditations with so many. And so everyone, until next time, may the Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. God love you.